Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. That's good. You have a busy week of of searching for mythics and or uh, determining how to pronounce the new mythics hero's name? I had a busy week. Um, Did a bit of the mythic hunting and all. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we found out after just busy. (laughs) We found out after recording last week that it's actually pronounced dogger, not dagger. So um, that came from the the. I shouldn't be surprised to know that Faye can't spell. (laughs) Yeah. It. Now you know what. No one is more surprised than I that I managed to uh, self-correct on the pronunciation of a name that is clearly missing some vowels. So. You know, hats off to me for being right. No, it's not missing vowels. It just has the wrong vowels in there. <laughs> well, one could say... It's I, a D-A. I mean... Yeah, I know. If you spell dog, it's D-O-G. I think the... So yeah. if you want the name to be Dogger, D-O-G-R. Yeah. I mean, I I have no ground to argue on uh, with this. So, but uh, I mean, let's let's dive into it. Let's talk about the banners um actually a little bit of housekeeping before we do that just so everybody notes next week we will uh not be recording we're going to take a week off as it will be heading into the quiet period of fire emblem heroes however we will be returning shortly after and talking about all your favorite content that you uh have come to know and love from the game did that expect something surprising and big on the calendar so we actually have to record next week oh yeah exactly we're we are just taking a break because of lack of content but if intelligent system says hey here's some more stuff we will be here to talk about that but that being said let's look at the banners because we've got some fun stuff to go through here um we've got the weekly revival banner five we got familiar festivities running until april 6 heroes with rally plus skills going to the seventh willful rabbits going to the 16th Regal Rabbits, which is a repeat special going into the 16th, and Hairs at the Fair, another repeat special going into the 18th. Eddie, as alluded to earlier in the show, how did your summoning go? Well, um, I did hop into the Mythic Banner. Uh, it was a bit of a fight. I got uh, two Edelguards, a Freya, and a Sonya. Obviously a four-star boost, boost since it was a Mythic Banner. And um, did eventually get Dogger. Um after that, I hopped back to the Easter Banner, uh, looking to try and get the rest of the uh, units from the um, Rain Front. Looking to try and get the last two units from that banner, the new uh, Murr and uh, what's her name? Um, now, I, now I'm blanking. Is Selena. This... Yeah, there it is. I, I've got it typed right here. I just, you know. I got distracted because I was looking up because you misspelled familial for the banner there. Oh, uh, what? Wait, so. what? You put familiar festivities. It's familial festivities. The oh. other repeat Easter banner or spring festival banner. Oh, you know what? I, tr- I was trying a new format and then, uh, yeah, I, I messed it up. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't correct me on that as well. Um, but yeah, it's oh. familial. Not fam- yes. Yeah. I do this every year. I mean, should, if someone goes back a year worth of content and like, 
what did Brian misspell? Like, did he call it familiar or did he call it familiar? And I bet you any money, it's familiar. And I I guarantee it. So, you know, I'm just I'm just keeping with yeah. tradition. That's what I'm doing at this point. But yes, I did hop back into the willful rabbits trying to get Selena and Mur Easter Mur. Uh, in there, I got a four star boosted leaf as well as a Canagus, a Keaton, a Na, and a Silk before I ended up finally getting the Eastern Myrrh. And as I was about to give up for the uh, now and hope maybe try and hop back a little later or so uh, before it ended, I did manage to get Selena. So I am done with both those manners. Nice. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad that you uh, you had some luck on the Easter banner. I uh, did not return to the new uh, spring banner, but I did manage to jump into the mythic banner with limited orbs. Less orbs than I would normally like to enter in hoping for a win, but with the higher appearance rate, I figured, you know what? It's worth the gamble. And just as I was a, like, I was running, actually, I've been, I was running up against um a a low orb count essentially getting up to 20 and then summoning 20 summoning and i managed to get a dogger right at the very end of like right at the cusp because the banner ends as of this recording tonight and uh i managed to get i think yesterday so squeeze that one in and i'm really happy with that honestly i was expecting to just get a repeat which would have been probably edelgard knowing my luck but uh hey Dogger's now on my team, but I am bone dry for future summons, which kind of brings us to the point of like, you know, taking a break next week because we've got new heroes to talk about and uh, I'm not going to have any summoning to talk about next week because I have zero in the tank right now. So, um, and, and I'm, and you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm happy to talk about the heroes, but I'm cool to take a break from summoning because uh, i got to build up that uh, that collection a little bit. So, uh, speaking of that, uh, we got a few things still on the calendar before it fades out. It is winding down, so there's not much. Uh, but that summoning banner he was talking about, the bond of trust and forging, uh, related forging bonds, uh, started this morning as you hear this, probably, uh, April 6th, uh, at 3 a.m., uh, though it hasn't yet started as we're recording. Uh, we have the Sonya GHB related to it starting tomorrow morning uh before the new banner ends the calendar on the 8th yeah and uh you know one thing we were unable to go over last episode was the uh legendary slash mythic returns but now that the banner is in place we have those details and uh eddie as always i'll i'll leave that to you because you you understand this much better than i i mean they've actually made it easier to read now before it was just you know you had to hunt down they had a list of the names and you had to hunt down when they were returning but now they've Separated them by month, so we now know that Corn and Freya are coming back in May. Uh, Dogger and Bremamond are returning in June. Uh, in August, we're getting Edelgard and Regin. Uh, November, we're getting Marth. And in January next year, we're getting Erica and Lucina returning. Wow. So also uh, noted that Tiki, which was previously stated to be returning in September, won't be coming back until November. Hmm. So... Uh, most of these returns have an empty month in between them. Uh, May, June are the only two that are right next to each other. After that, everyone has a blank month in between them. So it feels like something weird is going on in the future. I don't know whether they're separating them into two sections, so a group of them will be coming in you know, 
the even months in a group will be coming in the odd months, or if they're going to be going down to one a month in the future, or one every two months in the future. But as of right now, something weird's going on. Yeah, I can see the pattern there for sure in that it's very rare that there's not like a like a clear path to heroes returning each month. So it it is also yeah. crazy that we're scheduling into January. That is fun. Yeah, I mean and also my theory is kind of iffy because you know that's there's two months between August and November. So who knows what they're doing with all this. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll keep an eye on it, and I mean, it might be a few yeah. months until we discover what's going on, but I think it's worth noting for sure. Um, looking at the next item in the news, we have details of version 5.4, which has arrived. It's If you're playing the game actively, you've already got this, this version update. And there's really like one big piece here to, to really chew on, so we'll... And- if you were worried that there weren't enough currencies in the game, you need not worry. Oh, they <laughs> will. Celestial stones are here to fill that void that you've been feeling. Exactly. They will continue to add currencies into the day that the game dies. And how much you want to bet the game dies with a currency of like, uh, hey, we're shutting the game down. Here's a new currency. <laughs> so uh, I no one should be surprised by this but yes as eddie said we are getting the celestial stone it made an appearance at the end of the uh, trailer for this banner uh, in glorious fashion where it crashed through the roof so now the asker folks are going to have to make some repairs um i thought it was so mm-hmm. funny i i screen grabbed it so i'll i'll probably use that in in the in the in the artwork but we'll we'll see but um, we'll we'll come back. We'll circle back to the celestial stone because there is some other stuff in this uh, in this in this version update. And if there's anything you want to touch on, Eddie, just just interrupt me. But most of it's the normal stuff. Uh, various you know buildings in the various modes being upgraded so they can have higher levels, more songs in the ether resorts. You know, recycling of the ephemera units. Uh, one of the big changes that's not the normal thing is uh, Hall of Forms is getting a boost to the number of former torches you can obtain. So you can do a few more, you know, refills of your stamina each, you know, during each event. Hmm. Uh, as well as some new features to uh, assist you, or new quality, sort of quality of life. Uh, it's easier to rewatch the story. Uh, in book three, for book three, yeah, that's weird. That's just two years ago, not the current ones. Although maybe the current ones already had it. They're just going back and doing it. And a way to make your summoner not stand in the home screen if you don't want him to. <laughs> oh, which I thought was a very odd uh, change. Like, are people really upset about their summoner being stuck on their home screen? I, I find that weird. Some people might be, or I don't know. So maybe someone doesn't like the options that they gave and don't want this random cloaked individual up there. Right. Who knows? To each hey. their own, and it's fine to give it to them if they want it. You know. You are correct. You are correct, good sir. I don't want to. I don't want to yuck other people's yum or yum other people's yucks. So, I think that's how the phrase goes. Uh, I mean, yeah. You you pretty much you know summed it up to go through the list now. Like check the patch notes because I think anything above what you said, Eddie, is is kind of just. Uh, yeah. Usual weapon refineries, combat manual, you know, the ephemera reset, 
various buildings getting upgrades and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. New characters added to the heroic grail lists. Yeah. You know. I will say this, though. Um, they made a change to the display along the top and bottom parts of the screen will be improved for devices with very tall screens. So I will say this. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. I, I have an iPhone XS Max, which is the, um, the I mean, most people probably know this, the, the iPhone nomenclature for the larger phones. And um, before this, I thought they addressed this issue and they and they added some like, you know, padding graphics, but they were a darker blue, but they've changed it now. And I don't know if it's if it's just my brain or if I'm misremembering, but this version update kind of turns it into that like tan background scroll color. And um, it's kind of distracting. It kind of feels like they've scrunched. They've like shrunk the screen down a little bit. And I know that's not okay. true. And uh, some of the sort of assets do blend out from the main screen. They kind of u- they they use the screen real estate, but not in a way that I remember them doing it. So it's just going to take some time to get used to probably. But uh, I did notice it. And it's I can't tell if it's a good or a bad thing, to be honest. I have no experience with it, so I don't know how it looks or any of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's not the end of the world, and I'm not gonna, like I said, I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. I'll be used to it probably in a week when we return our next episode. I'll be like, what? I didn't even, I don't even remember complaining about that. But that's that's me recording every podcast. I don't remember half the stuff that. Uh, <laughs> it, this game is constantly evolving, so I. Uh, Hero in, hero out. That's that's basically what happens. Um, but let's jump back to the Celestial Stone because it is a new currency and uh, it's related to the Spark system, which I thought was... Um, well, here's my opinion. I think that's an interesting take uh, on, on adding a new currency. But essentially what happens is every time you hit the 40 summons on a new hero's banner, you'll be gifted one Celestial Stone... And in general, it's kind of like a premium currency that will allow you to trade it for premium, premium-ish items. I think the, the closest thing to a premium item in the store or in the Celestial Stone store is the Forma Soul. So you can trade three Celestial Stones for one Forma Soul, which... Yep, roughly once every six months, you'll be able to... Uh, the store will refresh. Um, I believe it has a... A bundle of 100 trait fruits, a bundle uh, form a soul, and then a bunch of um, powers, which you can, I believe, claim up to six times. So you're not, I don't think you're ever going to be able to clean the whole thing out because you're going to get, you know, one a month and maybe a couple extras when they do stuff like the, uh, maybe two or three a month, maybe, you know, two or three extras on top of that. But like, um, it works even on ones like the, Brave Banner last year, where they allowed you to spark multiple times, you get one per spark. Um, so anytime they give you a spark, you have a chance of getting one. Uh, you can get one form soul, one batch of 100 um, trait fruits, if you need to use those. Uh, trait fruits and the form souls are the two big ticket items, and then it's uh, bunches of dra- dragon flowers. Right. Uh, and it looks here, like, so you said there's a limited, I didn't realize there was a limited amount of exchanges you can do, but also 
the exchanges reset. What appears, I didn't do the math on this, and I could be incorrect, but it appears to be yearly. So there's currently like 200 odd days. Every six months, and I believe they stated when it came in that the first one, first reset would be in November. Okay, so uh, like every six months related to maybe a new book launch? Yeah, ne- next reset will happen on 11-1-21 at 3 a.m. Uh, they stated in the notes for the update. But, you know, yeah, it's uh, six of each type of uh, dragon flower, uh, 100 each in each purchase. Those require one celestial stone. Uh, three celestial stones allows you to get a form of soul without having to spend straight up by them, so that's a nice little change. And four uh, Celestial Stones allows you to get a stack of 100 trade fruits. So the ability to change one hero's traits right out the bat. So, Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. And I mean, it sounds like for me, like, I don't know, every six months do I spark a banner at least three times? Like, I think the Form of Soul is definitely the one to go for, but... is it a good deal in the sense that can you just buy a form of soul and the pack for i think it's like 40 bucks and uh that might be the canadian price yes it's def i i bet it, it probably it's like 27 us okay so that's or 25 us right and that's 60 orbs so if it's 60 orbs like a spark yep. is like 100 and some odd orbs so probably Probably not something to dive for, but I mean, if you're sparking anyways, it doesn't hurt to to grab the the most premium item. Yep. I mean, and if I mean, if they continue doing what they've done with the um, what should we call it, the brave heroes, uh, you you know, uh, get enough. If you spark all three times, you get enough celestial stones on that one banner. If you save up all year for that, you know. Mm-hmm. It, no, it might point. encourage a couple of people if you know, like they win a hundred orbs, they might go ahead and spend that extra thirty, forty orbs, or however to spark to get that bonus. But you know, I mean, the form of soul is nice, but I'm not sure it's that big a deal. And as far as I know, the celestial stones do not have a ex- expiration date. So you know, if it takes you a year to get enough to buy a form of soul you have it available you know yeah exactly well i i think it's interesting i think it's um in terms of new currencies added it's it's tied to a system that i think is it's it's neat to add further reward on that side but we'll see we'll see how much use it i mean i still have that form of soul sitting there that we got for the anniversary i still haven't used it so yeah and that's why you know the form of soul is nice if you're thinking you you know, if you've been wanting to use them. But, I mean, like you said, you haven't used the one from the anniversary. So, you know, it's nice to have an option, I guess, of how to get one. But even then, it's kind of like, yeah, if there's one you definitely definitely want, it'll be nice to be able to get it. But even then, it's iffy because, you know, if you aren't ready for it, then you're kind of screwed. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, we will uh, we will report back on Celestial Stone use as, as we spark. And uh, But uh, I don't... Don't know if this next banner is going to do it for us, but we will talk about these new heroes. We've got the Blazing Blade uh, troop returning. And Eddie, why don't you start us off? Your favorite game ever. Don't you want more heroes from there? You know what? I'm sure you remember all the details about them. I don't. Uh, I honestly forgot that Luis and Pent was from that game. The only character that I recognized was Urk. 
and even though they're already in the game. Yeah. And yeah, well, no, it makes sense I, that you recognize Ark because we've dealt with them in the replay we did. I, I recognize that uh, Luis and Pent are in Fire Emblem Heroes, but I didn't. I, I didn't recognize they were from that game. I think my memory of that game is very limited to some some key snippets. The prologue especially, because I remember that very clearly as we played through it for Game Club. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I remember specific snippets of that game and not a whole lot. Oh, yeah, I definitely remember limited snippets. Like, for instance, I, you know, until Fiora showed up, I didn't realize that Florina was part of a trio of Pegasus sisters. Uh, But the final of that trio, uh, Florina, the Great Wing, uh, from, of the, Final of that trio of Pegasus sisters from Blazing Blade joins heroes as a blue lance flyer unit wielding the hotshot lance, uh, which accelerates her special trigger. If she has 25% or more health, she gets a bonus to the four combat stats, attack, defense, uh, speed, and res um, during combat based on the number of dragon flowers that have been boosted on, uh, dragonflower boosts she has received. With a plus seven at five boosts from Dragon Flowers, uh, reducing by one at a time until it gets down to plus four at two or fewer boosts. Uh, so six at four, five at three, two or four from then on. Uh, if she has been boosted by Dragon Flowers at least three times, she also will neutralize foes' bonuses during combat against her. Uh, if she has 25% or more health uh, as well, uh, she also has a new skill called Attack Speed Snack, which will. Uh, Inflict attack in speed minus six on foes within four spaces with both her and the other ally involved if a movement assist skill is used on or by her. Uh, so whoever uses it, uses it on her or she uses, uh, uses it on uh, four spaces from both of them. Uh, she also has reposition, uh, tier four attack speed catch, and attack speed ring. You know, I, I think I agree with you. I don't remember there being three, and I remember... I mean, I rem- when Fiora came, I was pretty sure and said that she was Florina's sister. I was pretty sure there was a trio. But before Fiora showed up, I'm like, I didn't even realize Florina had siblings. Yeah. Because you, know, you only meet Florina separate from everyone from them in the prologue. True. Yeah, I don't really remember Farina from the game, and... Uh, yeah, and, and I'm looking at her art, and I'm like, why is she carrying a bag of money? And then you read a little further, and I guess when she was recruited, she demanded um, 20,000 gold. And I and I don't know if that's in-game. I'm just reading the Meet the Heroes description, but, man, that's a hefty price, <laughs> especially when you were already recruited the two sisters. Of, I mean, I don't know if you have the other two sisters in, in, your, uh, in your roster mm-hmm. at this point, at that point in the game, but... It would explain the yeah. fact that she has a pile of gold in her uh, character artwork, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's really neat. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll move into another character that um, Ryan didn't realize was from this game, but but knew was already in the game as a special hero. We've got uh, Luis, Lady of Violets. Uh, Luis, is it Luis? I feel like I'm pronouncing that well, wrong. Well, I doubt it's Laos, like they spell it in uh on serene's forest but <laughs> no it's there's definitely an eye louise in there or louise i would usually go louise louise yeah no no i think that's right i, I don't think it's louise louise would usually louise. be a male yeah i was just gonna say it sounded the more masculine so 
Louise is the wife of Pent, Count Reglet of Etruria. She's a sophisticated, elegant noblewoman who's admired by many. Leaving the special hero only club alongside her husband, Louise is a colorless bow infantry unit wielding Rainbow Plus. Uh, is it, this is effective against flying foes as usual? Inflicts speed slash defense minus five on foes within two spaces during combat. She has a new skill in the A slot called attack slash speed ideal four. Start of combat of units HP is equal to a hundred percent, or the bonus is active on unit. Grants attack slash speed plus seven to unit during combat. At start of combat, if units HP is equal to a hundred percent and bonus is active on unit. Grants an additional attack slash speed plus two to unit during combat. The bonus is defined as all effects that last for one turn, or that turn only, includes bonuses granted by a skill like Rally or Hone, and positive status effects, extra movement, or effects like Dominance. Rounding at her kit is Rally Defense slash Resistance plus as an assist, and attack slash speed 03 in the C slot. So, uh, Luis or Louise, sorry, I keep going back and forth. Uh, she was a uh, a wedding special hero unit, right? Yes, because her husband, uh, Pent, is, you know, they are a notable preset couple in the series, so it made sense to bring them in for the wedding banner, Yeah, because they are actually, you know, kin and married. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think her art looks great. I mean, they... Uh... They definitely. I didn't realize she was she was an archer again. Like I don't remember these heroes very much from the game. I think she was an archer in her um in her uh, wedding outfit, wedding out wedding version, yeah, hmm. or bridal version. I could be wrong. Remembering, I don't remember. Um, I could look it up, but, but yeah, her new attack speed ideal is kind of the uh, a new skill line that's kind of the opposite of the attack speed catch that. Uh, Farina has, so it's interesting to see them doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she was uh, she was an archery unit as our special unit. She was a cavalry uh, unit, oh, okay. so um, she she did have a, a little bit of a, a different set going on there. But uh, yeah, she's in the game now as her she is she has upgraded. She's graduated from the special only hero uh, hero units, so. Add one more to the books. Uh, adding one more to the books is a character who uh, we met with Sarah in Lynn's Tale of Blazing Blade when we played through it. Uh, Erp, the studious mage, he finally joins Heroes as the four-star unit on this banner and a red infantry tome unit. He wields Rotterfox, which uh, debuffs foes' combat stats by four during combat if he initiates the combat. He has no new skills, but does come with Moonbo, Speed Res Solo, and Speed Opening. And that's it. <laughs> and a super, super ex- exciting kit on him that... Wait, uh, what did he have? Yeah, shortest? Yeah, here I thought maybe you didn't finish off uh, the hero description, because honestly, like this has got to be the, sh- <laughs> the shortest available uh, way of describing it. I I mean, I'll say this, his his artwork looks great. Like, I remember Urk, yeah. and I mean, they make him look cool. Cooler than he did yeah. as a sprite, right? Yep. And and it's been a few days, it's been a couple months, but I think that looks pretty close to what his little 
portrait looked like. You know, I remember him being annoyed by Sarah all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was, I don't know if it was Penton Louise who sent him to do, follow Sarah or he was uh, hired as a mercenary as part of his training by her. But, yeah, he was there and, yeah, he doesn't have a fancy kit. No. Well, when you saw his kid in the trailer before the end of it, you knew for sure he was 100 percent the, um, you know, unit that was going to be a four star unit. Yeah. With Louise having a slightly smaller kit, like not a full uh, ABC slot like um, Pent and Farina did, you might have wondered for half a second. And then you saw Irk show up and saw his skill skill kit. You're like... Oh, yeah, he is the four-star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wears it on his sleeves, no problem. Although I think that new new attack speed ideal skill cha- skill line kind of guaranteed ahead of time that Louise was probably going to stay five-star. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. That's a good point. Um, let's talk, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Louise, let's talk about Pent, uh, the mage general. Here's Pent, one of the three elite generals of Etruria. Uh, a great nation in Western Alib. They call him the Mage General, as I already said. Pent is also the Count of Regley, one of Etruria's leading houses. With his outstanding talent of for magic, his political acumen, and his debonair personality, it's no wonder he's so wildly respected. Just like Louise, Pent leaves the Special Heroes Only Club as a Green Tome Infantry Unit, wielding Tome of Regley, which grants attack plus three at uh, start a turn grants special cooldown count minus one to any magic allies within two spaces of unit which is including the unit that has their special cooldown count at its maximum value start of combat if foe's hp is greater than or equal to 75 percent grants attack slash speed plus six to unit during combat he has a new skill in the a slot called g dual infantry four grants hp plus five Attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus two. If unit is five stars, level 40, a legendary or mythic hero, and unit stats total is less than 175, treats unit stats as 175 in modes like arena. If unit is a five star level 40, not a legendary or mythic hero, and unit stats total less than 180, treats unit stats as 180 in modes like arena. Higher scoring opponents will appear. Stat total calculation excludes any values, blah, blah, blah. Rounding out its kit is Glimmer as a special uh, lull attack slash resistance 3 in the B slot and times pulse 3 in the C slot. Uh, once again, I almost read that as uh, G fuel uh, instead of G dual infantry mm-hmm. 4. So we got another one of those fun. Yep, uh, another tier 4 infantry or dual skill. This one for green infantry. Same as all the others. Mm-hmm. I mean... Like like I've said, I mean I'm not that big into the dual skills, but you know the stat boosts are nice in the tier four versions. Yeah. yeah. So if you have like an arena team that you want to, you know, buff up and and make as as awesome as possible, or you just want to score as much as possible because you can score higher, you know, it's just you know I don't worry about trying to min max arena so. The dual dual skills are generally not that useful for me, but the uh, stat boost that these tier four versions get, and 
I'm guessing the tier threes might have had some kind of step boost, just not as good, not as much. But you know, I can't remember what the tier three ones were, but were they like maybe one fifty? Neither can I. I never bothered with it, so uh, yeah, it was... I've never really paid attention to them or bothered with them. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, that wraps up the banner, but we've got one more hero that uh, we're gonna we're gonna guesstimate at because it's not in the game yet, but it's part of this sort of rundown of heroes. Yep, I uh, use GamePress as usual to find pull up this info because they have data mined her uh, stats. Uh, but Sonia in Human Beauty is the Grand Hero Battle Unit that should be starting in a day or two. Uh, she is the wife of the leader of the Black Fang and joins heroes in the Grand Hero Battle as a blue infantry tome unit. Her weapon is just as impressive as Urk's uh, and is the Blar Serpent Plus, which... Uh, is a generic weapon already in the game that gives her defense res plus six on combats on defensive combats when foes initiate the combat, uh, but only against ranged foes, so daggers, tomes, staves, or bows. Uh, she has no new skills, but does have glacies, fortress defense resistance, and threaten attack resistance. So she's built to be tough to hit if she's got all her skills up and running, you know, on, on the def- on the defensive front round. Mm-hmm. on the player phase yeah or enemy phase whatever <laughs> yeah i don't um i also don't remember this character uh or or should i i'm trying to like again like it's she's, coming at me like i, I mean she's leader of black fang, black fang she you know if you read Sharena's stuff she's kind of the reason the black fang shifted from their initial altruistic meat plans you know their initial altruistic uh modus operandi um, I think she probably works with Nurgle, might even be a evil dragon. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't remember her much. I'll admit, uh, I'm thinking back and I'm not sure I got far enough into Elliewood's story to meet her. In fact, I, you know, it's been so long since I've played through Elliewood's story. I'm not even sure I ever got to Elliewood's story. <laughs> like I finished Lynn's story, maybe did a chapter or two in the past and then got distracted. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I know that. Uh, I know we only did the prologue in Game Club, but um, our, our plan is eventually to get point. back to it. Yeah, I mean, my thought process was once we finish up um, three houses here, this flawed run through, we would go back and do Elderwood's story in Blazing Blade. Mm-hmm. Maybe take a little bit of a break before it, but yeah. Well, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I I do really love that game, and uh, I feel bad when. The game pops up, and I should be more excited about these heroes. And the only thing that pops out of me is like, I remember Urk. He looks cool. <laughs> Sucks that they gave him, you know, the cat food of of uh, skill kits. So, uh, one nice thing about this banner, it has one of each color, so well, that I don't is... have to summon for Urk at all. There you go. So there you go. It's got it's got a silver lining there uh, for sure. I could wait till the next banner and get him randomly. Yeah, that's that is my. That is probably my plan. Um, but uh, as you mentioned, you mentioned Game Club, and we are going to jump over to the Outrealm Gate to continue our adventures in uh, Three Houses uh, as we play through uh, White Clouds, uh, the Claude Route, and we are starting to our, starting our discussion this week with the end of Chapter 9 and some more parallogs. Yep, uh, last week we had reached the... Um... I forget what they called it, but the dance competition during Chapter 9. 
after the dance competition, later in that, uh, the next week, there is a big ball uh, to celebrate the construction of the monastery when they finished building it. Um, and shortly after that, I um, can't remember if it was that night or the next day, you bump into Aloise, who's looking for Geralt due to rumors of monsters in the abandoned cathedral or monastery or wherever it was. I think it was a cathedral or church. Uh, Geralt shows up, tells you he has super important stuff to discuss with you, but there's never enough time. Not at all foreboding there. Uh, there's also a report of students having been seen heading towards the uh, church or cathedral, that abandoned one, where the monsters were reported being seen. Uh, so you head straight out there. Upon arriving, you find four monsters threatening uh, four students. Um, as you kill them, They each of the monsters turns into another student. Upon defeating them, Monica shows up and stabs Geralt in the back for ruining her plans. Uh, you rewind time to save him. One time out of the 12 or so you have available. And then give up when another mysterious figure pops up and stops you from killing Monica before she kills Geralt. And they two, both of them vanish. Uh, the chapter ends on a sad note as Geralt is dying in your arms. As you cry, apparently for the first time ever. Uh, it, it's interesting that you noted uh, the you, you turn back time once, and then Solon or Solon's evil version shows up to to stop uh, stop you. I guess that wasn't Solon. That was someone you haven't met before. Oh, okay. It looks like Solon, but then no one really recognized him as Solon. So, I mean, yeah, Solon was pretty noticeable for the kind of you know. Very little hair. This guy had nice quaffed hair. Uh, I think you might have bumped into him, but you don't know for sure yet. Uh, him, the one who asked to borrow the Death Knight from Edelgard, or I'm sorry, the Flame Emperor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice save. Hey, the, hey, Faye has already spoiled that one so. several times. Yeah. Several times. No one's no one's gonna write in about that. Yeah. Um, but, I, I I will say this though. I I think it would have been nice to see. Since the game does rely so heavily on turning back time and and having it succeed, it would have been nice to see like another reason behind not trying again. Like if you have multiple mm -hmm. options, you probably could have worked around the weird old guy. If nothing else, your choice when you did it was so stupid to begin with. Because I mean, why did you stand there silently and just pull out your sword? Yo, you know, Dad, look out. Yeah. We know the character speaks because we hear her talking during, hear him or her talking during crit moves and stuff. So you know they can speak, you know? Yeah, oh, for sure. But you just silently attack, try to stop, you know, attack Monica. Guy stops it once, and I know plot story armor prevents you from using it multiple times, even though you can use it multiple times on the same turn in uh, combat, but it's just like, say something. Yeah. You know? Dad, look out. Geralt, look out. You know? Well, While you, you're trying to stop Monica. If you had said, Dad, look out, he would have been like, you called me Dad for the first time, and then he would have got stabbed anyways, because he was surprised. So Hey, the, the calling out to him might not have stopped him from getting killed, but, you know, you don't even try that. No. <laughs> You could at least but, try it, but I just love the how Geralt does give you the traditional "I'm gonna die" speech at the start of the mission. You know, 
oh, yeah. there's I have so such important stuff to talk to you about. There's never enough time. We'll talk about it after the battle. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Which reads, I am going to die here. I, I remember when we got our first few trailers and the Fire Emblem community was like, yep, Gerald's going to die because he was the father figure. And I guess that's a thing. Like, I know in Ike's game, his father dies early on. Yep, Gerald dies. Martha's father dies. Yeah. Uh, Erica and Ephraim's father dies. Okay, well then it's definitely a pattern. <laughs> you have I mean, um, way more examples up your Krom, sleeve. Crom's parents are dead before the start of the game. Ooh. Uh, so, you know, uh, in, but his older sister dies, who is kind of their parent figure. Um, Makoto dies, and your, and your actual father, uh, Makoto's husband, died before the start of the game and fades. Uh, so yeah, they do like killing fathers. I don't know much about um, 3 and 4, or 4 and 5. Uh, but I'm Opera pretty sure, I mean, know. half the point of Leaf having to do it on his own is that his parents got killed. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I did. I joke about, you know, giving us more reason why we couldn't rewind time. But in the moment, it felt OK that he'd kind of given up because it, clearly story versus gameplay. Logically, you would not be able to rewind time multiple times. There'd be something about the power that doesn't allow you to use it to do the same moment again a third time, you know? Yeah, they could. So. I, and, and I think throwing that specific excuse in probably would have ruined the cutscene. Uh, you know, your father dying, it's like, ah, oh, I can't save him because of this life is strange reason, you know? And um, I, I think that was I mean, a smart move on, on their part to, to kind of just they have sort it. of did to a degree where, you know... Maybe it was afterwards where uh, Sotha says to you, if, you know, rewinding time wasn't enough to save him, it was meant to be. Right. You know? And I, yeah, I was going to say, like, clearly fate had decided that that was Gerald's time to die. But also you could have explained it away as like this guy that warped in to make sure it happened has the ability to just counteract every move. And it was it was it was not going to work no matter what. So. It's it's one of those things that I think fits. Definitely seems like he has some kind of power or ability because he knew to warp in when he didn't warp in the first time. So right, exactly, and and there was no indication that he was going to appear with Monica just stabbing Gerald normally, right? So he kind of pops up yep. after the timeline changes. So yeah, Monica stabs Gerald. It cuts to you, eyes flashing. Does the image that we have learned from. The prologue means time's being reversed, and then it jumps back to Monica not having yet stabbed it. You grab your sword, swing it at her as she's dancing around behind him, and as your sword's about to hit her and her dagger's about to hit Geralt's back, the new guy pops up and puts up a shield, knocking your sword out of the way. So, yeah, yeah, it works. Um, I pretty much, you know, ran through this chapter no problem. Those monsters really. We know they they, we know they didn't bother you with your super powered team, but uh, yeah, they didn't. But I mean, if you just got a good setup of uh, battalions with you, if you got a good lineup of those. I mean, the only one that's slightly bit of a hassle is a bit of a hassle, no matter how powerful you, your units are, because he's just so far away and heads straight for the student. You know. So there's a chance you might not be able to save one of the students because of how far away they are. But 
Yeah, I found the top right student. He took a couple of hits and he was fine. Uh, he ended up yeah, healing that, himself. Yeah, that student I've found in the past. Yeah, they heal themselves and i found in the past that that student sometimes just gets lucky. And that, you know, they'll sometimes dodge. But that's, you know, pure RNG. So you might get one who just takes a, the hit every single time. Yeah. Just because they think it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, sure. the students are smart in that they tend to try to run to bushes to give them a better chance of dodging. And they have healing potions with them, so. Yeah, no, I think that's what they were, they ended up using and, and they would, they would, uh, they would recharge pretty quickly. Um, uh, a quick question before we did the, the story chapter, right before the story, or the story, the story battle, there's this moment where um, you're at the ball and you, you walk off to the goddess's tower or whatever. Who did you end mm-hmm. up beating at the top of that tower? On Mercedes, because she's the one I chose to meet during exploration during the month. Because when, when you talk to the gatekeeper, he asks, you know, he talks about the rumor of people meeting at the tower and it forming a bond between them. And you ask, is there any, it, it asks you, you don't tell him this, but it asks you, is there anyone you think of? Or you think of meeting in the ta- at the tower or something like that, and whoever you choose will show up. Now, if you didn't choose anyone, then I guess it just randomly chose someone based on your relationships. Right, whoever you had the highest rank with. Yep. Did you choose Marianne, or did it randomly choose her for you? I did choose Marianne, and I think I think when you get the option to choose somebody when you're talking to the gatekeeper, as you said, I think it does kind of. I think it organizes it by who you have the highest support with. I'm trying to remember, it, it's it felt like it was presented in that way. But um, I did meet Marianne at the top, and I think it was just one of those. That's hard to say. I can't remember for sure. I don't think Mercedes was top of my list, and I'm pretty sure I have fairly high support with her. I think it does, you know, the typical class first, but it only picks. I think it only shows you people you can romance. Right. So, like, as a female i'm not gonna see hilda or uh annette who i don't think you can romance as a female but mercedes can be romanced as a female so i could pick her mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah well um it was it, it's a it's a small you know touching moment it's an interesting moment uh as you get more character interaction than you would in just a normal like uh support conversation or um it, just an in-game paralogue. So it was really cool to get that that moment, and I think it sets up like the next few sort of segments of the game and, and also the time jump, too. It's really interesting how they play with that. But um, before we moved to the paralogues, I did want to note I jumped into... In order to play the paralogues, I had to jump into Chapter 10, and I forgot that Chapter 10 is just... All the background music is the sad music, and it's just the sad music, like uh, constantly playing. Mean- there was a big loss for everyone in the monastery last month. So, oh, I'm not arguing that. It makes sense. <laughs> I just thought it was. I hesitate to say funny, but it's just like it's such a it's such a a, a left turn, and I don't know if they do it again within the game that I can recall. I don't think so. I think the next month is back to normal. I mean, <laughs> the point where I find it kind of weird and funny is that you know certain areas have their normal music, like the marketplace has the normal music. I think there might be one or two other places that shift back to the normal music. So it's kind of, you know, you have this all super sad music. Then the cheery, chirp, chirp, chirp music of the marketplace starts kicking in because you walk down there to talk to Anna or whoever. 
It's like, that's kind of incongruent. It makes sense that, you know, things would be somber and you logically should be somber. So it, I think it fits and it's, you know, I think it's a decent storytelling thing for them to do because, you know, your character just lost their father and everyone else feels it pretty heavily too because throughout the game you've heard everyone talk about how critical Geralt was even after all these years. He was so fondly remembered by everyone there, Mm -hmm. you know? That is a good point. You do feel it as you're walking through chapter 10, and and we'll talk about it more next episode, but you you feel it as you're walking through and talking to people, and I think the background music really scores those conversations really well because everyone had their moments with Gerald. So, uh, yeah, valid point for sure. Um, Well, let's talk about the paralogues. We have three to discuss tonight. Uh, Kicking things off with uh, Death Toll. I'm going to go through this one. Uh, While discussing strategy with Raphael, Ignatz shows up having heard rumors of monsters attacking merchants, which has made things tough for his family, and asks for your help investigating. Raphael decides to come as well. Upon arriving, you find a group of merchants under attack from monsters as well as some humans seeming to be controlling the monsters. Upon defeating them, the leader mentions the Count, and while talking with one of the merchants, you find out about rumors that Lawrence's father lured Claude's uncle, or maybe great-grandfather, to his death along with Raphael's parents. Ignatz feels responsible since his parents were originally asked to go, but were busy and recommended Raphael's parents in their place. Raphael states it is only a rumor and he holds no ill will about it and is too focused on his little sister. So I really like this paralogue because, um, and I did end up playing it. Uh, I still think Lawrence is a dick. Uh, I don't like him. Um, he's still a tool. Lawrence is a tool and a dick, Mm -hmm. but this just shows that his father is even worse. Yes. So it actually kind of gives you a bit of sympathy for Lawrence because he had to grow up with, you know, it, and also a little bit of explanation as to why he's such a dick because of what he grew up with. Yeah. Another yeah. good one, pompous so asshole, another one you could throw out there. Yeah, that's probably another polite way to phrase it. Um, <laughs> and you know what's funny? I'm just going to point this out. This is the second episode in a row that you're defending Lawrence, and I understand where you're coming from, but... Oh, don't get me wrong. I hate him. I just feel that, you know, (laughs) this gives a bit more context to him so that, yeah, you can hate him for his behavior and his attitude, but he's not irredeemable. His father is irredeemable. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Like as much as I joke about Lawrence, I think you're right that this paralogue furthers the Lawrence is only coming out to level up his classes and locking the classroom at, at all other times. Right. Unless there's another side thing comes along that I have to bring him along with. And then, you know, I'll do what I have to. Mm-hmm. But, well, I'll say that uh, I I enjoyed the paralogue. I enjoyed the exploration of, you know, Raphael and uh, Ignat's parents' relationship and what happened to each of them mm-hmm. and how they feel about each other because of these actions and uh yeah like i I dug that side of the story shows what an amazing person uh rafael is oh very much so um he is he is down to earth he's a fun guy and he so much reason to potentially be bitter but he instead 
you know, focuses on doing good and caring for his sister. So I think it even gets commented in the end dialogue where, like, either you or Ignatz commented that you have a choice of how you phrase it, but comments Raphael is an amazing person or a great man. Yeah. Your two options are both very positive, but one's more positive, and it's it's very reflective of, like, there's no way you can be bad by Lith, you know, uh, reacting mm-hmm. to what just happened because Raphael is just so, he's so cool under pressure, yeah. unlike another Raphael we know of. And I don't know the actual relationship to Claude, the uh, one who was lured out to be killed was, but it was the previous Duke Regan who died and is the reason that the Claude's grandfather is currently Duke. So might have been his uncle or his mother's sis brother who was killed or it might have been claude's grandfather's father which is why i don't know who it is that got killed but well, was it, it was the current current leader of was, of the house of regal or the it was the previous leader of duke regan which is the current leader the grand claude's grandfather is the leader with no heir oh right so maybe it was like um the current Duke sent his son out, or, you know, the current Duke Regan had passed the title and the responsibility onto his son, and this happened that killed him, or, you know, the current Duke Regan's father was um, still Duke and went out and got killed here in this situation with Raphael's parents. Mm-hmm. Either so. way, Lawrence's father is a bad person he's an ass. yeah he's an ass uh what do we got here with uh oil and water oh this was a fun one uh yes and oil and water which you know considering it's manuela and hanneman is quite a f- apt name uh manuela is discussing her run-in with the death knight with you when hanneman shows up after bickering for a bit between each other he remembers he was on his way to report to sedith about rumored sightings of the death knight out in the mountains Manuela is determined to chase him down herself, and you and Hanneman follow to find her in a tough spot. After defeating the Death God gang that had cornered her, Hanneman and Manuela continuing bickering, uh, though in that bickering it kind of shows that Hanneman does actually care for Manuela, because his bickering is about how you know she risked herself pointlessly and all that. Uh, but they are still bickering up until the point where they both turn on you for the fun of it, or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like this chapter. I, I thought it was uh I like Manuela and Hanneman's um sort of back and forth and honestly okay, I don't know if you can I usually end up getting them married or hooked up together by the end. Okay, I was just gonna say I don't know if you can S support them together, but that's definitely my goal now. <laughs> you can't S support them, but I believe you can make it so that they have the strongest support connection between each other. I don't know what hidden values it determines in the background. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if there's like a hidden number that uh, helps determine that, oh, these two will connect together as opposed to these two who both have their max level supports. You know, I don't know what the hidden numbers are, but they can get a, you know, epilogue together, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, that is my goal. You've heard it here first. As we continue this game club, I okay. will be looking to ship Manuela and Well, you can... Hannah guarantee that Manuela and Hanneman will end up together in Abyss. Oh, yeah? How do you do that? 
Uh, it's one of the things that I didn't really mess around with much, but it's called the Fortune Teller. Uh, she only appears in the second half, and she can permanently bind for renown two characters together. Oh, okay. I have not. I think that's the stuff. There's two little. I think it's the... yeah. There's two upgrades that you cannot unlock yet. Uh, well, that are not active yet if you already unlock them. Yeah. Uh, that only unlock after chap at chapter thirteen or later. Okay. I haven't come across that yet. So when we get to part, I'm assuming that's part two, right? Of of the game. Yes, that's yeah. five years later, part two. So when we get there, we'll uh, we'll definitely chat about that. Um, we have uh, one last paralogue to chat about, which is falling short of heaven. Uh, this is the the Catherine and I guess would you say oh Catherine and Ash paralogue. Yes. Uh, Catherine comes to Byleth to ask for your assistance protecting Rhea. Um, sorry, I lost my place. Uh, yeah, Cat. Sorry, I'm gonna start over. Catherine comes to Byleth to ask for your assistance protecting Rhea as she heads to execute the head of the Western Church for their rebellion. Oh, I forgot how to, how cheerful this one was. Uh, Ash insists on coming as well. You get ambushed in the fog and have to protect Rhea for a while. Though if you are daring, you can head out into the fog and hunt down various boss units to stop reinforcements. Uh, after the battle, while prepping to return to the monastery, Ash shows up having been given some papers to do with his family that we don't find out what they are. Uh, sorry for the chuckle there. When I was typing this up, I mistyped, and it says various booze units. Luckily, Ryan correctly sussed out that I was trying to say boss. I got it. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny because I'm like, oh, okay. I, 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 some, normally, like, so, you know, how the sausage is made. Like, Eddie had done these paralogues earlier, so he kind of wrote out his thoughts, so I've been reading it, and normally I'll try to, like, read through it like glance through it before we do it and and i didn't so i'm I'm glad i caught it but i understood what you were going for and um i gotta say this is the first fog map that we've been given that gave me a bit of trouble um but i made sure i had a bunch of torches and equipped them on at least three characters that were heading in different directions um but i managed okay i think i i had some growing pains starting out uh uh there this was one of the maps where it uh my overzealous grinding was very noticeable and helpful and that you know i was able to send people out alone and never got anywhere near enough that you know i was worried about them so yeah i think i finished this map in like three or four turns by killing everyone might might have been five or six because of the fog but still I pretty quickly knocked out the reinforcement guys. I I did end up having to um, uh, sort of search through the fog because you have to kill all the all the units, and um, mm. I I found a couple of the boss units, but then I I think near the end I had a couple just kind of stragglers hanging in there, and um, but I did manage I did manage to to get through it, so it wasn't too bad. But yeah, it was it was a different map and. You know, you have to protect Rhea, and I don't think anyone got close enough to her that she had to attack, but I'm sure she defends herself, right? She does, and she's pretty powerful. I mean, it would probably take a handful of them to get up there that uh, really cause you to worry, because from what I recall, the first time I played through this one, I, she did have someone get to her, and it was like, 
oh, she can actually defend herself pretty well. So unless you do no defense whatsoever, she's probably going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. You get that sense from her that she is entirely yeah. capable of taking care of herself uh, in these missions. But um... Yeah. I mean, the idea behind this map is, you know, if you're brave enough, you might send a couple characters out. But for the most part, you're going to turtle up and prevent people from getting through to Rhea. So... Yeah, and I think there's like a you have to defend for ten turns or something if yeah, if you want to take ten that turns route. or route all enemies. So yeah, so not too shabby. All right, well, um, that is our paralogs, and that is going to do it for this version of Game Club. When we return next episode, we'll be playing Chapter Ten of White Clouds as we rocket towards Part Two, playing through the Claude route. If you're playing alongside us. I hope you're enjoying uh, our discussions here. And if you're not playing alongside us, oh, why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, but uh, let us know. You can go to our website, gamersinpodcast.com slash bay, where you'll find all the links in all of our past episodes if you're looking to catch up on our Game Club segments. You can email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Be sure to check out our Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That's the best place to chat with Eddie and I. Um, pretty good discussion about the new banner that arrived. And also, uh, we didn't talk about this the whole show and Eddie, maybe you were hoping, but, uh, pretty good conversation about the, uh, RIS versus RIS voting gauntlet that's running right now. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Eddie? Well, there they are. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R Murphy, Eddie at Drellfear, and don't forget to follow at the gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net or go to your resource for final news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.